We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. episode of final review we are going to tackle one of the best reviewed films 
possibly ever. If you're going by letterbox metrics, it is the best rated or highest rated letterboxed film ever. Um, has a glowing buzz coming out of South by Southwest. It is now open wide. And if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to say this up top. We're not spoiling anything in full detail, but go in as cold as possible. So maybe save this podcast and then go see it and then come back to us and we'll talk about it. Everything, everywhere, all at run, all at once. It is directed by Daniels, not the Daniels, as they made perfectly clear at South by Southwest. It is starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, the return of Ki Kwan, James Hong, and Jamie Lee Curtis. The synopsis, the plot synopsis, according to Letterboxd, New Year, New Universe, an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploding other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Unfortunately, this sweeps her up into an even bigger adventure when she finds herself lost in the infinite worlds of the multiverse. No, this is not a Marvel movie. Joining me as always, the person who back in January told me that he was hype for this movie at South by Southwest. And I had no idea what he was referring to. And oh boy, do I have to remember to trust Oz's advice. It's Mr. <laughs> Bernard Ozrowski. Oz, the, the question I want to start off with this, because we'll get into our thoughts of it, but the hype leading up to seeing it, like even as you went to see it for the first time, was the hype still as big? Because I have a unique experience with when I first finally decided to go see it as well. So what was, if you want to lay the groundwork, the hype leading up to the movie? A24 is the master of branding stuff for people like me. I have A24 hats and coffee mugs and all sorts of A24 propaganda because film nerds love them. They're just, they're, they're just incredible at it. And this is a movie that they've put their full heft and weight behind uh, as certainly stronger than anything last year in terms of stuff that should be on people's radar. The trailer for this was awesome. And I think that really got a bunch of people fired up. And I think there's almost a weird little post Marvel thing happening that if people weren't so intrinsically comfortable with the idea of the multiverse and this sort of sci-fi bullshit already, um, they might not be so keen on going to it, but because of Spider-Man and Dr. Strange to come this sort of, you know, there are lots of versions of people everywhere all the time thing is it like almost passes the grandma test now. So, um, it, the hype machine worked here, but the hype machine was also well-deserved because this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. So now I transition, which I think you just gave away what your full review is, because I also had the same hype in which you, with your A24 propaganda, told mm -hmm. me how much you were looking forward to this movie. You obviously covered South by Southwest. I don't think you saw it. I didn't, they, I didn't go to Texas, and they only played it in person. Gotcha. So A24 at a huge festival. They did this. They did X, the porn Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and right. uh, Bodies, 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 which comes out in the summer. Just another nasty oh. little horror movie. So, oh, well, this this doesn't even fall under horror. And yet A24 is able to, to get away with it. 
Um, I have all of that and all of the positive word from my my partner and esteemed colleague, Mr. Ozrowski. And I have what has now become a bit of a movement and momentum of getting people to go see it. The word of mouth I've heard from this movie, um, or at least heard from this movie before finally going to see it, um, is something I haven't I hadn't seen in a while. Like the the verified tweets from not just industry people as far as like critics go, but then actors and and directors being like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. And I was like, this is hyperbolic because there's no way it's that good. And then I saw it and now we're going to talk about it. Um, so Oz, your first thought leaving the theater with all that hype, what did you think of everything everywhere all at once? I want to be mindful of spoilers and everything else, but this mm-hmm. is a movie that I don't think is necessarily possible to be talked about without at least some acknowledgement of everything that's going on. Cause there's a long, a long setup in it. There's about 40 minutes of the movie where there's just teases of the lunacy to come. It's kind of like the beginning of the matrix would be one obvious example of someone going through her normal life. while there's these hints on the periphery of something far crazier. Uh, this movie is just, just, it was like a shot of joy and adrenaline into my heart. Like I left this movie after I kind of wiped away the, the, the dust that had gotten in my eyes at the end of it. And I, I just felt like, wow, movies are fucking awesome again in a way that has sort of been grinded out of me a little bit in the theatrical sense. Cause even stuff I like, I don't often leave a movie anymore. And I'm like, Holy shit. This one gave me that holy shit feeling. It's it's just it's so good and it is blisteringly funny. I think that that's what I wasn't so prepared for. It is so so funny and so strange. I can't believe that that and I say this somewhat condescendingly that normals as opposed to, you know, film wonks seem mm. to love this movie too because it's so weird. The references are so strange. <laughs> like there's an entire almost shot for shot riff on in the mood for love in this movie. And it's resonating for people. And that is awesome. So I had kind of two thoughts while watching this movie. Well, three and the one, the other big one is like, I need to do my taxes. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Being independent for the first time and like filing as a freelancer, just don't recommend it. Um, so um the first thought, it's funny you brought up The Matrix because I have it here in my notes. It's the same feeling of seeing a world be built, seeing the rules explained. And in the superhero world that we live now and the constant need for like, this is going to matter for this movie and the next movie. It was refreshing to have that feeling of I'm having a new world and someone's idea and concept introduced to me. And I'm just along for this ride. And I I, I felt like this is why movies rule and only movies can do this. Like a a sentiment you've obviously pushed for a while. And I've, I haven't pushed back, but I've just kind of accepted that like the industry is different now. And like, as times have changed, so has this industry, but yet you come back to this and it's like, yeah, like only a movie could pull this off. I didn't want to watch 10 episodes of each different universe that Michelle Yeoh had to go to. I just wanted to watch this movie. And it's why like I, the few critiques I've seen are like the ending and some of the, the dragging out of the end. I, I just like 
I was okay to spend as many like go another 40 minutes, make this a three hour movie. And I was all aboard. I was I did not want to leave this world. And that's something I only get when I enter into a movie theater. Um, The other one. And this kind of goes to more the theme of the movie of like nothing matters. Be kind is kind of the, the overall thesis. It feels like at the end, there's also like a, everything matters that could come into play. So I, I liked that it could kind of go both ways, whether as we've discussed as the romantic versus cynic, if you believe everything happens for a reason and the people that you end up with, even in multi other universes, you were supposed to end up with them anyway. Like that could be your takeaway. It could also be like, I, have you seen Pat Oswalt's special from like 2017? I think it was where he taught. It's the first special he does after his wife passed away. And his whole theme is it's all chaos. Be kind. And that is like the theme of this, like regardless of whether you think nothing matters or not, it doesn't mean you still can't be nice to people. It still can't mean that kindness can't be your mantra. And I like that that's that's like a theme of, of the overall premise of this movie. Um, the elements of this and I, I the, the dad jokes coming. Don't worry. <laughs> the concept. I don't think I've ever seen a movie in which like the concept, the sci fi, the action, the humor, everything everywhere, all at once are all balanced. See, see how I did that there, that pretty um, good. which which one worked best for you? The the sci-fi, the the multiverse concept, or the the humor you said was? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about how funny this fucking movie is with literally hot dog fingers for an entire like three different set pieces, and that's like one of the funniest bits of the movie. Um, also, didn't know the IRS gave out trophies. Hope that's not what they do with them. Uh, which element worked the best <laughs> for you, though? I was uh, shameless plug here talking to the director, John Madden, who directed Shakespeare in Love um, mm-hmm. about film structure and how there are really right now three ways that movies are made. There are movies that are driven by by the craft of filmmaking, which tends to be a lot of A24 movies, actually, where the characters exist to service you know, showing off someone's grandiose vision of how to depict the world. There's plot-based ones where characters exist to serve as a plot. This is a very fair criticism of every single Marvel movie. (laughs) The other way to do a movie is to do it focused on characters and have everything that happens in the movie service the growth and development of the characters. And I think that this is a movie that despite all the stuff that's going on and it's nuts. I mean, there's, there's like hot dog finger land in this. This is mm-hmm. a weird fucking movie. There's an entire scene of, of talking rocks yep. in subtitles. Like this is a weird movie, but it always works in service of, of character. It always works in seeing this, the, the Evelyn character, the Michelle Yeoh character develop change evolve that she comes from one place and actually moves to another place in an earned character arc is something that movies seem disinterested in doing these days which is kind of strange it seems like character has moved to television like better call Saul I think is tonight and mm-hmm. better call Saul is awesome and it is all about character people who love that show love it not because they care about the like cartel bullshit it's because you want to know if jimmy's going to get away with it you you want to know what's going to happen to reese horn like it is 
It is a really character-driven piece. And this is a really character-driven piece too. And I, I, I don't think I'd quite thought of it in such stark terms of, of filmmaking craft, plot, and character. But I, I think I'm clearly finding myself drawn towards movies that are most focused on character above all else. So I, this, this really, really resonated for me. Like I liked the sci-fi stuff. The action scenes are, are shockingly killer. I cannot believe that this movie was the special effects in this movie, which are quite good. were made by five people. Um, it's just a, it's a really remarkable feat of filmmaking that said, I, I, I was moved. I was touched. And that that's what I take away from it. So I want to hit that on the style first, and then we'll get into some substance because the style reading some of the you mentioned the, the special effects crew and how bare boned it was and how well they pull it off. Two of the special effects guys, the, the two guys that put trophies in places is all I'm going to say. Those are two <laughs> of the stunt coordinators that help make this movie what it is. Also, you've sung the praises of Jackie Chan before on this show. I'm also a fan of Jackie Chan, especially like from a from not just the stuntman seems like it's belittling, but the fact that he does his own stunts and is able to show off his martial arts ability is so impressive, regardless of whether it's a rush hour movie or drunken master. Um, this movie was originally in pre-production saw with or imagined with Jackie Chan in mind for the lead role. And Daniels decided to switch things up as they were going through pre-production to make the lead, um, the lead be a woman. And the fact this went from Jackie Chan, who for just a lack of a better, lack of a better word, ignorantly, um, it seems like we have more of a relationship to him than her background, even though she also has a bit of bona fides when it comes to being able to pull off a role like this. She talked about Michelle Yeoh talked about how it was like refreshing that a, a role was literally written for a an aging Chinese immigrant to show off her like this was a role she was perfect for. And that's not something she's ever like been accustomed to it is what she said this a lot throughout the press tour. Um, the fact that the style, like all the, the coordination of the action scenes and all of the, the, the times they choose to show a punch in slow motion or a different set piece in, 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 in this different angle, the one takes that work really well. It, it avoids all of the editing stuff that we don't like the, the, the choppiness, the shaky cam, the quick cuts, they're all coherent. And like, look, Ki Kwan has a scene with a fanny pack that's also just as pretty badass throughout it. Stephanie Shu has a hallway sequence where she does some ridiculous stuff and it's amazing. And it's one other part about the style, the whole going through the multiverse to find different abilities. I just I couldn't wait to see what this multiverse was going to yeah. lead to, what ability this was going to give her next. Like we should say part of the concept she discovers that there are other universes that if she had made different choices in her life, she would have this different ability. And so you don't know if she's going into this universe to learn how like learn, learn jujitsu or Kung Fu or basically learn how to fight. You don't know if she's going through this universe just to learn how to uh, spin a shield or spin one of the, be one of those sign spinners that you see on the side of the road. Like there are specific abilities that she learns from each one. You never know which it is, which then leads me to the substance of this movie. So I, 
it's I'm glad that you from what I can tell so far that this is the direction you're going, because I have seen some pushback that it's all style and no substance. Richard Brody has an article. Right. So Richard Brody has an article in New Yorker that there's just like not a lot of there there in everywhere all at once. Um, Adam Neyman had some pushback that that there's just there's there's a lot more um, bark than there is bite, I think is the correct is the term that he used while praising the performance of Michelle Yeoh. The theme of both of these is that with without the the performance of Michelle Yeoh, like we wouldn't care about the character that this is specifically we're attached to her and not the actual character's journey. And I, I wanted to know, do you believe do you agree with that overall thesis of the movie? If like that is, if like, is there actually there there? And it seems like you actually do. So what was there for you? Well, it's actually sort of remarkable because I can't remember a movie like this that basically got crushed by three or four of the biggest um, publications mm-hmm. and is basically, I think, quite literally unanimous otherwise in its support. Because I, I think Variety and Hollywood Reporter both gave it negative reviews too, to go with The New Yorker and Brody and The Ringer and Naaman. And I, I can't remember a movie that has so rejected the so called tastemakers. I mean, you throw The Times in there, and those are sort of your top mm-hmm. handful of critics, give or take. And it, it's, I definitely think there's a, a there there. I mean, like Brody is a curmudgeonly <laughs> troll of a man. Um, I met him briefly and he's very pleasant, but uh, oh. um, no, he's, he's not the, I just, he's, he's a guy you go to when you want to sense test the way you feel about a movie. He's the guy mm-hmm. you go to because you, you have to get past his criticisms to make sure that you actually do enjoy the thing that you're watching, or at least that's the way I treat him. Look, I, I certainly think there's something to the to the Michelle Yao thing. I think that she is, is certainly someone that I have a very long relationship with. But I don't think all the people who were watching this movie are like, yeah, I'm I'm seeking out like deep cut Hong Kong action movies to see young Michelle Yao. I think there's like Crouching Tiger and this, and that's what the average moviegoer knows her from. And mm-hmm. done. Um, I, I I just I don't buy it at all. Now I think there's a rejection by some critics of things that you know make you feel something. It's kind of the same anti-coda brigade, I think, mm-hmm. applies here a little bit, where a movie that is quite genuine in its aspirations to leave you feeling a little better about life in the universe is seen as a sort of lower art. And I reject that premise. The other thing I really want to talk about is is Kikwan. Because what an awesome, let's, I'll get to the performance in a moment, but mm-hmm. what a cool life. Because that guy was, he was short round in Temple of Doom. He was right. beta in the Goonies and then basically disappeared. There just weren't roles for someone coming from that typecasting and went and worked in Asian cinema. He worked for Wong Kar Wai, who made In the Mood for, in the Mood for Love, which is a movie that's come up on this show before and is basically like, the the primo auteur of like sensual movie making for the last 20 or 30 years. He also became a stunt coordinator and worked with a, a legendary fight core fight choreographer named Corey Yuen. And I think he did X-Men, like the first X-Men's stunt coordination work, which is just nuts. I mean, this guy has has gone through it in life and come out with this fascinating, I think pretty unique skill set. So when you know he's incredible in this movie, there's so much texture to what he's doing. I think the the 
differences in his performances as each version of the character are, are really remarkable, but he's so very funny and his physicality is incredible. It's off the charts. And I cannot believe what a good Tony Leung impersonation he does in the, in the mood for love riffs. Like I, I just, there's something in my brain that short round shouldn't have grown up to be mm-hmm. like, like a handsome dapper leading man. And uh, there he is in the neon rain soaked lighting, uh, making eyes at Michelle Yao. And I'm like, shit, this is, this is my jam. This is what I want to see in my movies. So that guy, holy shit, put him in everything everywhere, yeah. but not necessarily uh, all at once. Ah, uh, wow. We're two for two today. I like it. <laughs> um, so the overall takeaway I got. And look, I'll just take us a little meta, a little behind the scenes. Um, I just had like the best day of my life a week and a half ago. Okay. Your boy's engaged. And a theme of that day (laughs) for the both of us is when we stopped asking what ifs and all the decisions leading up to that day was like a culmination of every direction life could have took us still led us to today, which is why we're done asking what if, and we're now asking what's next. And maybe the Shit, romantic- someone's been working on his vows already. So like, well, listen, I mean, <laughs> we haven't talked about what I actually said the day that I proposed. Well, maybe I'll send you guys a screenshot. Um, the, the day that maybe I'm just like such a romantic that like it was also fresh in my mind. And the day that that happened being so close to the day I saw this movie, but the journey that Michelle Yeoh's character goes on as like, and she's, she said this in, in a couple interviews, like the relatability of like being later in your life, regretful and unsatisfied with where your life is at a certain point. And then having the opportunity to both see the the excitement on her face to to under to experience where life could have taken me if I didn't make this decision, if I didn't stay with this man against my father's wishes, if I had stayed and become a Hong Kong star or a good singer or learn learn how to you know fight with my pinkies, you know, like all the different ways that her life could have taken her to have that be shown and to also see like the actual good that came out of it. The, the revelation that this character has is relatable, not just from a cultural perspective for like, like her, like people that look like her, but people that don't look like her are going to be able to look at this and be like, Oh, I relate to that and how important that is. And look, you bring up, brought up Kwan. Yeah. I also know him as Jonathan Kikwan and the connection that I made with Roe in the car and the way I act like, you know who that was, right? Yeah. That was short <laughs> round from that was shorty from, from temple of doom. And then hearing a lot about his story and his press tour, I, I recommend the Jimmy Kimmel interview that he did where with such passion, he answers all of the questions about temple of doom, all of the questions about Goonies and then goes into how, like when I, grew up. I didn't want to just do these stereotypical roles. And I went behind the camera instead and like basically retired in 2001. And then Crazy Rich Asian shows along shows up in 2018. And he felt FOMO and was like, there's a bunch of people having fun that look like me. And then he went out to rejoin the industry. And two weeks after he hired an agent, this project shows up. 
And all of the different multiverses for his career probably could have taken him a different direction and how he might have experienced this movie, you know? So it's, there's so much, so much there, there, which is why I also reject the notion that this doesn't have, does have stuff there. There's also like, we haven't talked about this, the the mother daughter aspect of this, the turning red just came out and that's a mother daughter (laughs) movie. This also very much is a mother daughter movie. And both from the daughter's perspective of like, when are you like, when are you done with trying to get your mother's approval from the mother's perspective of, am I being too hard on her? I just flatly obviously can't relate, but the women in my life that I've talked to have absolutely picked up on this. And it's, it's, I just want to mention like that's a part of representation that I like to, as well as we transition into performances, three very solid key performances, the Michelle Yeoh, the Kwan, and obviously Stephanie Hsu, who plays the daughter in this, and also the villain in this, uh, Jobu Tapaki. Um, you mentioned the going in and out of the different versions of themselves, whether it be like, I thought about Lupita Nyong'o and Us, the oh. different versions, but also if you want to just go with the more popular ones, like um, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, like going back and forth between... Um, Goblin and uh, Norman Osborn, like that takes skill to be two different people in the same person, and like both of these characters pull that off. Uh, yeah, I I think across the board, there's a lot of a lot of there and a lot of a lot of brilliance in these these performances. What did you think? I I totally agree. It's uh, you know the touchstone on this sort of multi character performance work for me is probably Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black. Orphan Black, yeah which is awesome and just really like a, a showpiece for how good she is. But it, it feels like all of this stuff from comic book movies and they, the Daniels turned down doing a Marvel project to chase doing this, which I think is awesome. Good for them. Um, <laughs> Actually, would it, I would have actually hit that for a minute. What a bummer it would be if they got themselves into the like giant hundred million dollars studio machine. And it's the right fit for, some directors, I think they come through that and then can go off and do whatever they want. Like I think Ryan Coogler is the right guy mm-hmm. to go through that system and come out of it, you know, as a powerful voice in the industry. These guys are way too weird and it's way better to have them making this sort of stuff adjacent to comic book universes than actual comic book movies. Uh, I agree with everything you said about the performances. I think there's a real excellence in the way that they're able to embody these different versions of characters without having to do like a blinking lights. Like I am doing this thing now, sort of it's all in the subtleties, the facial expressions, everything else. It's really, really effectively done. I would also say, I I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was wonderful in this, the, her, her arc and really the the last act of the film, I, I found quite moving and th- this would i think change my scores for uh, last question is yeah. would this change i have a change too don't worry so that this this i thought she was wonderful um I, I just i really thought everyone was wonderful that everything about it worked and the way that even the the faceless villains are each given these moments of humanizing i, I just I, I thought i found it so very very effective we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have some random out of context spoiler questions for Please, you. Please hit me. From this movie, because I think we've talked about it enough that we obviously recommend it and think people should go see it. And at this point, this isn't a spoiler section, but if you've seen the movie, you get why we're asking this. So do you like everything bagels? I actually don't. You don't? Yeah, me neither. What, what, how do you take your bagel? What kind of bagel do you get and how do you take it? Oh, man, this, this, this is a, I'm a weirdo question. I, I like normal plain Bagels. Same. Plain oh. bagel cream cheese, baby. Oh man. Don't well, knock it. it looks... I frequently like butter on a bagel, also. Which oh, okay. I know is weird. But uh yeah, I'm a I'm a wackadoo. I also like salt bagels, which is very strange. Oh wow. I go if it's not plain, like for, if for some reason they're out of plain, I go the I think I go the oatmeal raisin because that's <laughs> not oatmeal raisin. I'm actually I hate oatmeal. Like, I don't know uh, why. I just I'm not a fan of oatmeal. I think I go the the poppy seed route mm-hmm. and it's basically just the, it's the same thing. Bun. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, does Ratatouille need a sequel? You know, I went and th- after I saw this movie, I went home and watched Ratatouille, Ratatouille with my daughter. Yeah. And uh, I do not think that Ratatouille should ever have a sequel. But Ratatouille, man, that's a that's a good movie. The action beats still don't work for me all that well, but everything else is fucking great. Yes. Shout out. Um, Shout out Randy Newman is yeah. all I'm going to say. <laughs> and you'll understand if you've seen the movie. Uh, what do you like on your hot dog? <laughs> I like hot dogs pretty plain, too. Plain? Maybe, really? Maybe, maybe ketchup, and that's about it. Wow. We, we actually have a lot in common here. I go mustard, <laughs> ketchup, and like I can't eat a hot dog plain. I will say that. But I've seen the take that if you're an adult, you're, you have, apparently have to graduate from putting ketchup on a hot dog. I just reject that. Like ketchup. I, I fully reject that. Notion. Yeah. Ketchup's good on anything. 
first of all, and it's absolutely good on a hot dog. I was at City Field yesterday, got a hot dog. Guess what I put on it? Mustard and ketchup. Um, do you think the IRS gives out trophies? I do not think the IRS gives out trophies. <laughs> the most ridiculous sequence of the movie. Yeah. Which like leads into there's like a, a set piece where they're fighting, where Michelle Yeoh is having a fight and um, both he- the person she's fighting and her, they get knocked in the head and I guess they lose their powers temporarily. And there's that brief moment where they just start slap boxing. And it's like, oh, no, we, we don't have the ability to fight anymore. Um, the way that they the ridiculous thing they have, they all have to do in order to get their next set of to, to go through the multiverse is also a fun bit. Um, and last but not least, this requires a lot of thought. So I may go first and then sure. like give you some time to think. But what alternate universe version of you do you want to steal a talent from? Um, I would like to be in the alternate version universe where I'm a multi-billionaire. Well, duh, <laughs> but it's not a talent. <laughs> There's a talent being a billionaire. I, I don't know to to predict the Bitcoin market and make okay. lots of money off of that. Okay. Um, I mean, look, there is. Again, I just went through a, a, a day of not asking what if anymore. But if I had <laughs> to ask what if. <laughs> Um, look, there, I will just say this. There is an alternate universe where I grew up a Yankee fan, which I don't I don't regret being a Mets fan. You, you probably don't want that much, this year. Not this year. Um, but like the happiness I would have experienced through the late 90s and then like watching Derek Jeter, his whole career. Again, it's not a talent, but like who knows what what confidence I have to pursue other things <laughs> because I'm used to things working out my way. You know, um, there is an alternate universe. I will say where I took four years of Spanish in high school. And I just like, I mean, my dad being Hispanic and my mom being fluent because when she was dating a Puerto Rican man, she was like, Oh, I should learn Spanish. So she like majored, minored in Spanish in college. So she was able to talk with her, in law side of the family. Um, there's a world where I grow up and I take some paths and decide to become fluent in that. And I also wouldn't mind learning a second language. So I think that when I was, when I wrote down this question was like, that's actually the thing I wouldn't, wouldn't mind the instruments. I decided not to learn the sports. I decided not to like pick up full time. I'm okay with, I'm very okay with, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's like moments where I like, man, I actually think I could have pulled off learning Spanish that if in a multiverse, I have to eat a thing of chapstick and then go learn it. I would have absolutely go and do that. I wish I had started jujitsu younger would be one, but no, really. I had a friend who told me really buy Bitcoin at, I I don't know what it was like, like like $500 (laughs) or something like that. A coin. So in your (laughs) version, this is a real, this is an actual decision of Uh I could have gotten in early and was a dumb, dumb and did not. And then he told me to do the ICO on Ether and Litecoin and all that. And I was just like, this is all a scam and didn't do it. And I still think it's kind of all a scam, but I would have a lot of money as a, as being in early on the Ponzi scheme. So listen, as a, as a numbers guy that you are, I'm not shocked that I, like, even if we both still, I still have no idea how Bitcoin works either, <laughs> but numbers don't lie. So <laughs> I know at I a know. certain point, like, listen, I don't know how you're doing it, but you're doing it. So whatever. Um, so in your alternate version of like you go into the multiverse and like you eat the you eat the chapstick, 
you come back and you just place stock tips. Like you yes, just yes. start placing investments and all of a sudden you're, you're a billionaire. Um, there's a, there's a version of my life too, where I'm really good at Shogun karate. Cause <laughs> when I was a kid, I was big into power Rangers and I asked my parents to sign me up for karate. And I went like for dude for like six months, went five days a week. And I went from a white belt to a blue belt. And then I got bored because it was like, so I just get a belt every six months. Like that's all that happens. I've learned nothing. I've learned absolutely nothing. This is cardio at a certain point. I've stood against the wall watching the experts do stuff and that's it. And I, I, if I had chosen to stuck with it, maybe I actually, you know, I'm kicking ass more than I'm talking about people kicking ass (laughs) on a podcast. Um, Last couple of questions. Would this affect, I guess this is the last question. Would this affect any of your final review power rankings? It would uh, in that we would go back to our Halloween episode. And in our Halloween episode, I, my Jamie Lee Curtis, pulling them up right now to make sure I'm right. Mm-hmm. My, I my might ja- as well. Yeah, my Jamie ahead. Lee Curtis performances were Fish Called Wanda, Halloween, Knives Out, Taylor of Panama, and Halloween 1978. So 2018 was second. So I'm going to put this in third place on my Jamie Lee Curtis scoring. Same brain here. So my five were uh, Halloween, um, Trading Places, A Fish Called Wanda, um, the Schwarzenegger movie from True Lies. True Lies. And I went with Halloween 2018 as well. Um, I will bump. I think I'm going to bump True Lies from the list completely and move like keep Halloween 2018 at five, move. Um, a fish called Wanda down to four and put this at three. We've kind of glossed over it. She is outstanding as the the auditor in this movie. And then as like another cog in the multiverse, uh, she does a thing with her stomach that like watching interviews, that's actually something she does <laughs> with her stomach and nobody on set like knew how she did it. Michelle Yeoh's like, you have to teach me that. I have no idea how you did that. Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, there's also, and this is the last behind the scenes thing I, I looked up that I like. So his first scene, Kikwan, like in returning to acting um, was with Jamie Lee Curtis in a scene and he was so nervous. He said he had a panic attack when they rolled action. And then when they when they said cut, he sheepishly went into Jamie Lee Curtis and was like, was that OK? And Jamie goes, what are you kidding me? That was outstanding. That was like you were amazing in this in this scene. And he said that gave him the confidence that like Jamie Lee Curtis thinks I'm amazing. That gave him a confidence that he took throughout the rest of the performance, which as you as you see from the movie is is just is outstanding. Um the I last thing I will say before we get out of here, I need more people to see this movie. I just this is the first time where I've come over to your side in like listen, there's just entirely too much franchise stuff out there. Morbius is still making money. I enjoyed Sonic 2. I love Natasha Rothwell. Please go see this instead of Sonic 2. Like, take your kids. I don't care. Like, explain why there are dildo nunchucks. I, I like whatever. <laughs> like, I, I think anybody, anywhere, all at once, whatever, can see this movie. And I think they'd enjoy it as well. That's the other part I love about this. 
I recommend this to like my parents who I have to be careful what movies I recommend them to. Um, I recommend this to my fiance's family. I recommend this to my friends that like believe certain things. I recommend this to literally anybody. If you're a Knicks fan, I, I cannot wait to, to recommend this tomorrow on Knicks film school. Like I, I'm telling you, this is, this is an experience with a movie and a takeaway from a movie that I haven't had in a while. That a lot of people haven't had in a while. And I think a lot of people that get to go see it will experience it the exact same way. I think that's extremely well said. And my only plea is that if you're going to see one multiverse movie this year, please mm. make it this one. And with all love to Thor, uh, not Thor, please see this instead in a theater. Plenty of people are going to see Thor anyway. It'll be fine. It's going to make lots of money. Go see this, please. please when is Thor you. coming out? First weekend in May. Uh, no, no, no. That's Doctor Strange. Oh, I'm you said no see you're getting your multiverse movies mixed up I agree that I just have to go like, see this over my, my brain just auto corrected to it all being the same which is perhaps the biggest <laughs> the, the biggest statement on all of it and I love this stuff like I'm excited for Doctor Strange and yeah my brain just without even realizing you're flipped good. over to Thor instead of instead of Doctor Strange that's perfect um, yes I, what I meant is Doctor Strange see this instead of Doctor Strange sorry Sam okay. Raimi sorry yes apologies Sam Raimi I'll adjust my recommendation and say see both if now if you now <laughs> here's where I will join you and I can't believe I'm saying this as somebody who has bought multiple viewings already of Doctor Strange because I'm I think I'm seeing it opening night and then like on Thursday and then seeing it with like the people in my life that want to see it too the next night. Um, I I would say see this over that. Absolutely. I'll also say you have a month before that movie comes out. Please go see this while it's opening wide. Absolutely. Okay. See it in a theater. It benefits. Yes. The, way the better in a theater. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Oz, anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Come to theinventureofdreams.com. Our revamp will hopefully, finally, mercifully be up this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, come read all the cool stuff we're doing and see how much prettier it looks now. Inventuredreams.com and follow uh, me on Twitter, Oz on Movies. There you go. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I apologize for my voice. I hope it wasn't too different from what you're used to. Um, I am, I, listen, it, it, it actually is refreshing that I've been sick for a week and it has nothing to do with COVID 19. Um, however, you know, I'm counting my blessings as far as that's concerned. And on Easter Sunday, I think that's a possible, that's a, like a, a good thing to do on Easter Sunday is to count your blessings. Happy um, Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody. Yes, we got up very early on Easter. Oz was hiding <laughs> Easter eggs. I was, I'm literally about to go see Pastor Claudio. Um, we're going to head out of here on, on this the day. Uh, I was going to say, I'm way too godfathered in there. This the day of his resurrection. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. And tune in next time for another final review. This is a life free from destiny. Not only what we sow, not only what we show.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.